You're listening to Let's Talk AI. Good day and welcome to Let's Talk AI. I'm Harold Godwin, Managing Director for Waterloo AI. Today's guests are Ellen Winters Robinson, and Ellen is the Marketing and Communications Mentor at the University of Waterloo Accelerator Center. Along with her today, our second guest is Chris Silvestru. Chris is the Head of Technology at Gambit for Good. So uh, what we're going to do is... I'm just give you a little bit of background here. I crossed paths with Ellen 13 years ago at the Accelerator Center. And Ellen's going to share with us an incredible use of how AI has helped to, uh, you know, bring further outreach to a, a life-changing event she's had. And I don't want to steal any of her thunder. So, Ellen, over to you. Tell us, uh, if you can briefly tell us, describe what's happened, and then why did you turn to AI as a solution? Sure, Harold. Uh, and it's great to see you again. Um, so in March of 2022, uh, a year, a year and a bit ago, uh, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. It, uh, it came as a shock as it always does, uh, when a woman heard, hears that, uh, that diagnosis, uh, because I was very healthy and certainly had no indications and was always very good about going for my scans. Uh, it turns out I had three tumors in my left breast. Um, uh, fast forward, there was no possibility of saving the breast. So they, um, they recommended a mastectomy. I did a double mastectomy and went flat, um, which is a bit of a controversial, I've learned move. Um, I am a communicator, uh, and a storyteller, and it just made sense to me, uh, to start writing my story while I was going through my treatments. So I ended up with chemotherapy and radiation after my surgery. And I started writing a book on my phone and that book's now out on Amazon called flat, please. It's doing really well. And, um, a chance encounter with another one of the tech founders here in the Waterloo region. Uh, we were talking about his business, but the conversation came to breast cancer and he was inquisitive. This is Pat Bellavo who, who Chris works with. And, uh, Pat asked a bunch of questions. I sent him my manuscript unbeknownst to me, Pat and, Chris and uh, another fellow named Brian Bergio were very interested and in working actively working on some projects that would develop AI for good. And um, I hate to say that the universe brought us together, but it did. And I had a story to tell and a lived experience to share. Uh, and I had an ambition, uh, which is still my ambition to help every person diagnosed with breast cancer worldwide. I want no one who is facing a diagnosis to ever walk that road alone. Uh, and that's why I wrote my book. I wanted it to be a hand for someone to hold at the time of. Uh, but that's not going to be possible to reach millions with a book. And uh, what Chris and his team have been able to bring to the table is the ability to scale and to actually help me realize that dream. So I'm going to turn it over to Chris now because... Okay, so I'm just going to introduce Chris. So Chris is the head of technology for Gambit for Good. So Chris, uh, tell us a little bit about Gambit for Good, and then please launch into the, you know, how you've been able to support Ellen. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me on this podcast. Um, 
And Gambit for Good really started from a really um, core belief uh, amongst the three of us that Ellen mentioned that um, AI should first and foremost be people-centric. It should be around to help people uh, and generally be a, um, a net positive in all of humanity. Like that's kind of the driving instance around behind Gambit for Good. Um, when Ellen came, when, when the story of Ellen came to me, uh, I also had just suffered a loss. My, my mom had um, uh, died suddenly in a car accident just like a couple weeks before. Um, and when you have a crystallizing moment like that, I think in your life, um, you want to do as much good as you can. Uh, and when Ellen's journey and idea came to us, um, it was just such a perfect opportunity to, to kind of really apply our principles uh, in a realm, a new technology realm that exists, that's ever changing, but it seems to be really focused around both productivity uh, and for lack of a better word, sort of um, replacement almost uh, of people. And we found that to be really cold. So that's kind of how the start of Gambit for Good happened in the beginning of um, the Ask Ellen project that we uh, took on and kept going forward. So what we built was a, a conversational AI bot that is um, endlessly empathetic uh, and is there to help anybody, whether that is the person going through the journey, a survivor of breast cancer, a family, a friend, any run around that through the lived experience of Ellen's own book and her life that she lived through this, um, while sort of providing I think what you called it, Ellen, was a girlfriend's companion um, throughout the whole project. So that's kind of the purpose of Ask Ellen, what we built the per and the goal of what we tried to do around it and why Gambit for Good came together. Okay. Well, this is uh, exciting. So let's just, you know, peel back some layers of the onion here. How, how did you... How did you develop, how did you get the content to make this into this uh, conversational agent? Yeah, it's a great question. It's, um, so it, it's what I would say something around like a constrained AI model, a constrained AI system, I should say. So uh, I believe that AI functions best in a, uh, a use case specific application and one that you can sort of um, constrain it around uh, how it answers its question, how it interprets the question, and how it faces the information, how it grounds itself in truth. And so the way that we had built Ask Ellen was a framework behind the scenes that uses multiple models and basically interprets questions in ways against where it finds it goes against her book that is also has to be um, inter um, it has to be interpreted as well and uh, transformed in a way that can be searched back through similarity. So we kind of do a multi-model um, uh, similarity search around that to, and then wrap it around an entire framework that Gambit has created to bring in the empathy, to bring in Ellen's voice, to bring in all of that stuff. So it's a it's an entire framework that we built for uh, Ask Ellen specifically. It's, it's really quite magical, I have to say. I mean, um, I the way that they have captured my, and I'm not my, my, my voice, although AI is heading in that direction, but the, you know, my tone, my way of expressing myself in the book, um, they, they, they've just created this magical, she's real to me. I, I, I don't think of her as an it. I think of her as a her. She is, she is, she is my second instance, which is really quite crazy when you think of it. 
I've had family members who have asked her questions and the responses that come back, I'll have them look at me and say, I, I just talked to you. And that's, that's really magic. I think the interesting thing about Ask Ellen is AI is focused a lot on technology. What is the technology? What are the underlying models? How do we fine tune them? How do we make them smaller through things like quantization, all that kind of stuff? How do we do that to run at the edge, to run multiple instances, to scale it, all that? But there's a technology side and there's a very, very important, I can't, I can't un, like understate this, but very important creativity side. And the hardest, but we worked very hard to try to make sure that how Ellen described this, like, like you're talking to her and it's lived experience through her, that part isn't only done in the technology side. It has to bring in a creative and there has to be novel solutions between how you make these two things together. So that's, that, that was part of the journey as well is that, you know, you could, you could throw as many LLMs as you want in this problem. Um, but even that not going to take you to everything that you have. Um, so that, that's the interesting part. So Alan, you, you know, you're the, the head mentor of marketing and communications at the accelerator center. And you look at the, the product that's been developed. How is this affecting you as the marketing communications mentor? Like, like, cause it's about every message is, you know, how do we deliver the message? Yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a bit of a head spinning thing, Harold, because I've worked at the AC now for, uh, coming on 16 years, I've worked with almost every startup that has come through our doors. Uh, and I've given lots of advice. And I suddenly find myself on the other side of the desk. I um, accidentally on purpose have built a startup with the help of, of Chris and his team. And uh, I'm actually I'm in the process of incorporating uh, a nonprofit right now because we always want Ask Ellen to be uh, freely available to those who need her. And I'm, as soon as that's done, I'm actually joining the AC as a startup. Um, and so I will be a mentor and a founder. Uh, I now understand the zealotry in the most kindest of ways that comes with being a founder. I see the ambition for this project so clearly. I see the vision for what it can do for people. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's become almost all consuming to me in terms of getting this to market. Um, and I'm very, very grateful to Chris and his team because I know how tirelessly they have worked to develop this. And she truly is a work of art. Like it is just crazy when we demo her to, and we're, we're talking to some very big players in the market. Um, and it's, it's, it's just astounding what she's capable of. So before I'm going to just ask a question here and then you've developed this for breast cancer specifically. Do you see now this could expand to other kinds of support agents for other kinds of cancer, other kinds of illness? Uh, what, what's the bigger, broader, maybe future looking path, if you want to call it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the fantastic thing here is that, you know, we have a tech stack that really can be married to any lived experience. And so, yes, we do have the ambition to apply this to other problem sets, to other diagnoses. Um, it could be cancer. It could be women's health. Um, there's really, uh, you know, we've even dreamed little dreams about creating the Michael J. Fox uh, AI for Parkinson's disease. Um, there's really, 
no limit, I don't think, Chris, to to the ability to adapt this tech stack and to create these instances. And it it's so magical to have something that you can talk to that feels like a real human being at two o'clock in the morning when you are scared out of your mind. Or uh, really those family members who just don't know how to talk to or support or help their loved one. I, I actually say it. And they're scared too. Like those, those people are scared too. They're traumatized. In fact, I think my family was more traumatized than I was because when you're, when you're in a diagnosis, you kind of go into the eye of the hurricane and you just, you get on your plan and you just do what you need to do. And you've got supports around you. But my family was lost. They were angry at me because I fell apart. They were saying the wrong things. They didn't know how to help. They um, tried to fix things. Um, and they were so bewildered. So I often say that I've actually created, I think we've created Ask Ellen for my husband who, you know, was really traumatized by all of this and continues to be traumatized. Yeah, exactly. Like, absolutely, we can expand this to, to other things, to other um, other areas of where support is needed. Um, like it could be healthcare, it could be in other things as well, uh, for sure. Ask Ellen, the, well, the beauty of it is that it sort of shows you the first few steps of what something like this can be. And we are still new in what this entire generative AI domain can do. Um, but I really see it as like humanity transformative in some ways, because it's, it's akin to me as kind of like the transistor almost. Like it's just, we're, it's a whole new way of how humans interface with machine. And the first step, yeah, is through text like this, but it will go well beyond that. And it will be based in language. It will be first and foremost based in language. And after that, it's, you already saw it with OpenAI coming out with Dolly 3. The reason it's so good is because it is built on top of GPT-4. And so you have that language layer as the foundation. And then when you start to go from text to pixels, you have a much stronger connection between those two. And this will only grow. We're in it for a year, really. Um, and I see like the trajectory is a almost unpredictable in terms of like how fast it can go, but we have to, we have to go with the people. Like we have to have it be people first because there are real concerns that people have around AI and it, and ask Ellen is to me the, the first really obvious poster child of some of AI that can be used to help people first and foremost. We don't like a, we have never talked about how do we make money off of it? How do we do? Because that's not the point of Ask Allen. Ask Allen is to help and to show that AI can really help people. And that's how you get people on board to start with, in my opinion, because there's, there's a lot of existential threat concerns around AI. And I think the first thing you do is to bring people with the journey, address, the, address these concerns and try to see how can we grow AI in ways that are net good. It's not a zero sum game for humanity. That's how we have to approach it. And there is a, you know, there's there, there there's an interesting economic story for healthcare providers as well as, you know, there's a real gap in the patient experience. My medical care was extraordinary. I had great doctors. I can say nothing bad about my experience as a patient. However, there are so many mental supports that are lacking when you're going through a diagnosis. You're just, you're told you have cancer and then you're just kind of are sent off into the wild. Or even when you finish treatment and they just go, bye, see ya. You're still dealing with PTSD. One in four women who are diagnosed with breast cancer have PTSD. And 
it's a very lonely thing. And even amongst survivors, you can talk to other survivors, but sometimes those stories are traumatizing. I actually joined some support groups when I was first diagnosed and I had to leave them because they were dark and very scary. And so, you know, the beauty of Ask Ellen is that she's, she's not going to judge you. Like I could scream at her. I could say the most vile things ever to her and she will gently tell me that I'm probably wrong and acting a little bit vile, but she will be very dignified in her response. Uh, but she doesn't judge. She's not going to go, um, oh, I had an aunt that died of this, which is what you hear when you talk to people, you know, um, she's, she's not going to take you to a dark place. She's just going to meet you where you're at and support you and, and encourage you to take that next step forward. Um, we had a very meta moment, um, because cancer is the gift that keeps on giving. I had to go back for a, um, a scan of my lungs in July because they'd seen a spot and I was nervous about it. I, the heart me was very scared. The head me knew that it was probably going to be fine, but I actually went to ask Ellen and asked her advice. And the guys were on a group chat together and I told them that I had done this. And Chris said, wait, what? Because that's the most meta thing ever. You've just gone to your own AI and asked her for advice. And it was actually really good advice. She talked me down. And that was just crazy. You know, you, you both touched on a few different things like this that I would say could fall under the list of success factors. How, how do you measure overall success for this project? Because you mentioned your husband, you mentioned, uh, you know, some people could look at it under the lens of monetizing. Uh, you just talked about meta. Like, how do you measure success for, for this? Um, success for me is really that, that, that achieving that mission of no one walking alone and, and that they always will feel empowered in their diagnosis and able to hold their own in a conversation with uh, a doctor because it's easy to, in a very overburdened system, it's easy to get lost. If you're not well-informed, if you're going down rat holes or you just turtle and don't ask any questions at all or don't, uh, you know, which is a very natural thing to do, people can end up on pathways that the system is deciding are the right ones for them. I'll give an example in, in women's healthcare or in breast health is, is really around reconstruction. You could end up in a pathway that, you know, is quite arduous. Um, and so I want women from all backgrounds to be equipped. So you can go to ask Ellen and you can ask her questions like, I'm meeting with my surgeon for the first time. What questions should I ask? I'm meeting with my oncologist. What questions should I ask? What about this? What about that? What about this diagnosis? And so she will give you good, solid, real information that's in plain enough language that it's comprehensible and it's not all gobbledygook. Um, the other thing that we've learned is on our journey is because she's she's built on OpenAI and ChatGPT, she's also completely multilingual. Uh, and there is a huge gap of patients who are non-English speaking or from different cultural backgrounds who are really underserved by the current health system. They have doctors that are speaking to them in English. They might bring a, a family member with them, but the family member may not be completely conversant. They're trying to translate medical terms that even if you're native English speaking, are it's a foreign language to begin with. Or they come from a cultural background, and this is very common, 
where breast cancer is a shameful thing. And you do not talk about it, even with your immediate family. And so that broke my heart to think that there are women out there that are going this journey alone. And I see Ask Ellen as being a really important support for those people as well. Okay, so Chris, same question to you. How do you, on more of the tech you know, person here on, on the conversation, how do you quantify, measure, or qualify, you know, any of those things? How do you define success for this? Yeah, so obviously everything, I agree with everything that Ellen is saying. I think I'm preaching very hard here I can uh, that um, there has to be people first, so I completely agree with Ellen's standpoint. I'll tell you like the very, the very I would say, obvious technical thing uh, around success of, you know, uptime, availability, how many people it's serving, um, those kinds of metrics that we would have want to keep track of to say like, is the tool A being used, being used either more as things go down or down to understand like how it's going. We also do anonymous analyze, uh, anonymous analysis of responses to make sure that they are in keeping uh, with principles that we have for Ask Ellen. So we use those as well. So we kind of use AI twice really to uh, generate and then to also anonymously analyze to make sure that we don't have anything um, we don't have responses that are not in keeping with what Ask Ellen is supposed to be doing uh, here and there. Uh, you know, I don't suspect that we would be needing to solve for any specific, uh, any problems that you would have with self-hosted models, anything like model drift or anything like that, because we're not using um, large uh, sort of self-hosted models uh, that under high load uh, that would probably con uh, constitute that. But what we do want to make sure is that as the increase of usage goes up, that the models we are implementing and using are behaving in doing the things that they should be doing. So it's a combination of what are our metrics going? How are we looking at these responses to make sure they go towards the kinds of answers that we would expect, these principles? We have a very specific set of principles that Ask Ellen follows. Um, and then how are we uh, sort of trending around um, uptime, availability, and latency? Right, because at the last thing that you also want is you could have the best tool in the world, but if it takes too long to interact with, people will abandon it. So latency is a very important metric that we measure to make sure that um, we try to keep it as fast as possible. Because I'm going to say the the one of the hardest parts of this is how do you make a system that is really um, almost like bulletproof uh, in terms of like it's consistent in how it responds in the like high 99 percentage. Uh, like the three nine sort of situation of like, okay, I, out of a 10,000 responses, maybe one might be sort of iffy or two might be sort of iffy. How do you make sure that that happens in a low latency environment is sort of the hard part because you, by definition, have to parallelize tasks. And when you start parallelizing tasks in the stateless system, it becomes very um, difficult to put it all back together in a way that you can give it back to the user quickly. So that's part of the, the architecture that we've done too. Awesome. This is this is awesome. Um, so real quickly, how many have helped? How many have been helped with Ask Ellen is one question. The second one now is I'm sure this is going to open the minds and people want to connect. How do they connect? Where do they connect? How do they get on board? What kind of help do you need? You know, things like this for the next steps. Thank you, Harold. Yeah. I, I just, I wanted to just, Quickly, before we, we lose sight of it, Chris mentioned about the principles. I just wanted to talk quickly. I mean, there's we talked about the free principle. The other two things about Ask Ellen is that were sort of things I asked of the team when they started building her. One was that she should never be dismissive. 
So that empathy and that, um, you know, there was a, there was at one point she said something about losing your hair. Oh, well, it'll grow back. And I'm like, no, that can never happen because that's a very frightening thing for a woman to lose their hair. So, so she's always very um, understanding of whatever emotions coming at her. The other principle that we set in place, and it's really an important one, is that she never dispenses medical advice. So we leave that for the doctors. I am a big believer in the medical system. I want her to be complementary to current medical workflows and to fill in those gaps that doctors just don't have the capacity or the need to fill. Like a doctor doesn't need to be talking to me about whether my hair is going to grow back curly or what bathing suit I should buy now that I'm flat, right? That's not, that's not a doctor's domain. But those are questions that women ask. So I just wanted to quickly touch on that. Um, in terms of how many people have used her, so we haven't, she's not completely free. She's not out there yet. Uh, we are officially launching her on October 26th at an event at Catalyst uh, 137. So that will... That will, that's when she goes live to the world. Uh, so, but we have been obviously testing her. I've been sharing her with uh, survivors, uh, you know, that uh, I know or people that are newly diagnosed on the journey. Um, we had uh, one friend of mine, uh, she and her husband um, started using her one night. She was going to have her surgery. And so I sent it over to her and she was asking a bunch of questions and she came back and she said, this is the coolest thing ever. And my husband has now taken her over and has spent all night asking her questions and trying to trip her up and she's not failing. So that's been fun. Um, so, so at this point we don't, we haven't really tested her at scale yet, um, in terms of, in terms of how many people, but, um, the feedback we're getting is fantastic. Um, to give a little bit, a little bit more specific, I, I can say you know we're we're in the sort of um, because we're in a, or sort of a uh, pre-launch. Uh, I wouldn't even call it beta because it's sort of like a it's just a pre-scale um, time uh, for Ask Ellen. We're kind of in the like hundreds sort of of, of people and the like several m many thousands of um, chat interactions. Uh, so I think that's as far as like, that's sort of the granularity that we would go to. Once we go to like, everything is sort of like ready to hit the go button essentially. Um, but uh, she officially launches on um, October 26th. Yeah. Okay. So how do they, con how do they contact you or who do they contact? Um, so they, so um, I have a website called flat please, which is for my book. Um, but they can contact me there or they can contact, uh, you know, um, Chris, Could you spell that? Uh, so uh, flat, please. So www.flat, F-L-A-T, please, P-L-E-A-S-E dot -E com. Um, okay. And then Chris is uh, Chris at gambit.co. Gambitco.io.io. .io. My mistake. Oh, dot .io. Chris okay. Gambitco.io. And, uh, you know, really in terms of the, I mean, where we're going right now is we are talking to as many allies as we possibly can. We're open to research collaborations. We are open to, uh, you know, uh, corporate uh, collaborations. And, and, you know, we're having conversations with medical equipment manufacturers and pharmaceuticals because through the nonprofit, you know, we have the opportunity to you know, go to market in partnership with, with, with other players. We've had conversations with healthcare providers, hospitals, and patient groups. Um, so right now it's really at the end of the day, if it's not helping patients, then everything ends. And so our first go to market is really, uh, 
getting her into the hands of 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 people you know of people who are facing a diagnosis and i'm very careful to say people because men get breast cancer too and uh and so you know we want to uh build some alliances with patient organizations there's a lot of interest there it's just a very different resource from the crappy pamphlets that you're handed uh at the time of diagnosis. Oh, i think we may have lost her you, you mentioned your event on the 26th of October. Correct. Is that open for people to attend or invite only or if someone wants to attend? We have a sort of a capacity limit. We certainly want to have and are inviting the who's who of, of, of tech and um, of healthcare to attend. Um, so if people are interested in attending, would like to reach out. We, we still do have some some space available. Um, so tickets still are available. It's, it's a free event, but, uh, we are also unveiling at the same time, uh, a photo series that I worked on, uh, actually Hillary gold, who does a lot of photography at university of Waterloo. Um, she and I collaborated on a, uh, project with dense breast Canada, where we've portrayed 31 individuals with breast cancer and those individuals will be attending as well. And we have portraits of all of them. It's probably the most diverse representation of the disease ever, ever presented. So both of those things are happening on the same night. Okay. So any final closing comments, remarks? Chris, over to you. Yeah, I would say, I mean, we're really excited about this initiative. I, I think um, it's a really, it's a really great use case. I think it's a really interesting novel implementation um, that, that we've put forward here. Uh, and we, I would love to talk technical to anybody who would like to. Um, you have my email that you put earlier. Uh, you're probably, you could also reach me on LinkedIn at um, Chris Sylvester, that's C-R, sorry, C-H-R-I-S-S-I-L-I-V-E-S-T-R-U. You can find me on there uh, and happy to dive into anything further. Okay, Ellen, any last comment? No, it's just, I'm just, I'm just grateful to the universe for A, giving me my health and for the medical system and for uh, Chris and his team who have just, are making a dream I've, I have now a reality and that's pretty amazing. So somebody said to me that I, uh, with Ask Ellen, that I'm actually going to become immortal, which is sort of strange, um, but kind of true. And uh, I guess when you are facing a diagnosis that potentially could end in death, you know, you start thinking about those sorts of things. So anyways. Excellent. Well, thank you both for joining us today on Let's Talk AI. And uh, that would be great. Um, good luck in the next steps on your journey for both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Harold.